We come now in our sixth session, sixth episode of Foundations of Christian Hedonism, which happens to be argument number five for this claim, which we built in our first session on Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life, you God. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore, from which I inferred. Christian hedonism affirms that it is the God-given duty to follow that path of life, to pursue that fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore in God. And then we're giving arguments, and this is the fifth argument, and here's the argument. We should pursue our fullest and longest joy in Christ because that joy is an essential element in or essential attachment to saving faith. And I I include both of these because I, though I have my own opinion as to which it is, I'm not absolutely sure, and it doesn't ultimately make a difference in the argument. What I'm arguing is this pursuit of this joy is justified because that joy in Christ is essential to what saving faith is, so surely you want to pursue it because you want to be saved by faith. Or it is essential as an attachment, meaning it's not identical or the element of saving faith, but it is so attached to it that if you take it away, you don't have faith anymore. All right. What texts am I basing that on? Because if that's true, if it is attached to saving faith in that way or an element of saving faith in that way, wow. I'm going to pursue it with all my might because I don't want to be without this. This is what unites me to Christ, and Christ is my righteousness before God, my acceptance, my forgiveness. So what are the texts that this is based on? First, Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe... This faith believes two things. One, that he exists. And two, that he rewards those who seek him. And I'm focusing right here on this. Faith, if it's real, does not approach God as a condemner, does not approach God as a sourpuss, does not approach God as boring, does not approach God as a mere authority. It approaches God as a rewarder of great, glorious things, which translates into, we're coming there for the joy of this reward, not the sadness of this reward. Reward has no meaning if it doesn't imply joy. So faith is, it believes two things. God exists and he's this kind of God. He gives me joy. John 6, 35, Jesus said to, to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever, now notice the parallel here of these two statements. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger 
and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So coming and believing are parallel, and not hungering and never thirsting are parallel. These are two ways of describing the fact that Christ, in our coming and in our believing, is the remedy for our hunger and the remedy for our thirst. And so since believing is parallel to coming and they have the same goal, here's my definition of believing or faith. Faith equals the soul's coming to Christ for the satisfaction of the soul's thirst or hunger. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? That's the definition of faith based on that parallel. Believing is a coming to Christ who presents himself as the bread and the water here. And the effect of our coming is not hungering anymore, not thirsting anymore. So he's enticing us to come to him with this observation. And faith comes for the relief of soul hunger and soul thirst in Christ as our supreme satisfaction. 2 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24, But I call God to witness against me. Uh, it was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth, not that we lord it over your faith, but instead of lording it over, we work with you, not over you. We work with you for your and you'd expected him to say faith, right? Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your faith. For you stand firm in your faith. And instead of saying that, he substitutes the word joy here. And I don't think that works unless faith has some kind of very, very, very close connection with joy, meaning Joy is an element of faith, or joy is attached to faith, so that it must be there when faith is there. So, if we would have faith, we must have this joy, and therefore, if we care about having faith, we pursue this joy. Finally, Philippians 1.23 to 26. I'm hard-pressed between the two. Paul says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ. That's one. For that's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. Now, why? What's his great goal that God has appointed for his remaining and ministering to the Philippians? I am remaining with you. I'll continue with you for your progress and joy of faith. Now, what does that mean? Joy of faith. It's a genitive. I translated it this way because that's very literal. Joy of faith could mean 
a like ring of gold. What does that mean? It means that the ring is made out of gold. Faith, I mean joy, made of faith. They're the same thing. Or it could be um, branch of this tree. Now that's that's a little different, isn't it? The branch is not identical with the tree, but if you took away all the branches, or you say trunk of this tree, if you took away the trunk, the branches, there will be no tree. And yet the tree is not identical with the branches. And so I'm leaving open that joy here could be a constituent element of faith and faith of joy, or it could be um, somehow attendant to it, attached to it, concomitant with it. At any rate, that Paul would say, my whole purpose in remaining on the earth for your sake is the advancement or the progress and the joy of your faith shows that if we want faith, we must pursue this. This is not icing on the cake of the faith. This belongs to the faith as an essential part of it. So I conclude, we should pursue our fullest and longest joy in Christ because that joy is an essential element in or essential attachment to saving faith. And we will not be saved if we don't have saving faith. And therefore, we will not be saved if we don't have this joy because these always go together. That's a very strong argument for this duty here that we should pursue our fullest and longest pleasure, namely pleasure in God and all that he is for us. In Christ. That's argument number five. Next time we turn to argument number six, having to do with the fact that pride and self pity are removed by the pursuit of this joy.